Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone. When you lead from a base of expertise, your confidence and credibility are derived from your knowledge. People follow you as a result. However, when you take a stretch assignment and span outside of your comfort zone, leading requires a different approach, one of influence, inspiration, compromise, and courage. We are here to talk about how to take that next step and keep going. Now, here is your host, Wanda Wallace. Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone. So have you stopped to think about how much fun you're having at work? Actually, maybe you have stopped to think about how much fun you're not having at work. Or if you're a leader of a team, how much fun do you think your team is having? And how much would they like to have? And what would be the impact on, let's say, productivity or even innovation or engagement if you increase the amount of fun on the team? Now, before you say, ah, I don't have time for that, we have serious work to do, What we want to do today is to talk about the power of a bit of fun, what fun might mean, and how you, even if you don't see yourself as a funny person, can actually do things that escalate the degree of fun among you as an individual and your team. So my guest today is Dr. Bob Nelson, president of Nelson Motivation, Inc., the world's leading authority on employee recognition and engagement. So Dr. Bob has authored over 30 books on employee motivation and engagement that have collectively sold over 5 million copies in more than 30 languages. And he's the co-author of a brand new book that I rather like called Work Made Fun Gets Done, Easy Ways to Boost Energy, Morale, and Results. And you can find him at drbobnelson.com. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Wanda. Appreciate you having me. So why... Your, fasc- your lifelong fascination with engagement and motivation and fun. What's the driver of this for you? Oh, well, you know, I, I've always, um, since as long as I can remember, was motivated by trying to understand what motivated people. <laughs> and so um, all my work has been out of the cut of cloth of, of that topic. How, how can we get more out of the human resource? How can that be more fulfilling to employees? And and what are the, the buttons to press that uh, makes the magic happen? And and so this is one of those topics, fun, that seems, as Inc. Magazine said, fun is frivolous, we know, unless you want to attract and keep good people. <laughs> <laughs> then all of a sudden, it's not such a joke anymore. Okay. So it was... It was uh, a part of the puzzle and um, just very, very pleased to have done this project with my co-author, Mario Tamayo. And, and all my books are research-based. This one, we, we found that the 100 best places to work for in America that is published each, each year by Fortune, an analysis of the data from that found that uh, employees that work at those companies each year 62%, 82%, I'm sorry, report that they work in a fun environment. And when you contrast that to the companies that apply to make that list but don't, it's only 62%. So that that uh, difference, that 20-point difference is actually the the one of the largest in their survey. It's the biggest differential between those that are the best places versus those that are also ran. So we thought that was significant <laughs> to say, you know, especially during these these times coming off COVID, uh, this is an important area to focus on. 
I can see that. I have to go back, though, to something. And this is going to be a terribly unfair question. Um, so I'm going to ask you to summarize your life's work in five minutes. <laughs> terribly unfair. I love that. Uh, it's one of the questions that I get asked all the time by leaders. How, what do, how do I know what motivates people? What's your short answer to what motivates people? What motivates me is is doing things. I I think uh, along the way, I always knew I could write. And along the way, I, I realized that um, I was excited about concepts that were uh, proven, but not widely used. Kind of like mm-hmm. common sense, but not common practice, mm-hmm. as Voltaire put it in the 17th mm-hmm. century. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, that's what has um, given me the passion to, when I find that type of concept to, to get the richness of it and then to focus on getting the word out about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, the great thing about and this is true of probably any of my books is that they're, they're all packed with real life examples. So it's not theoretical. It has a research foundation, but then within that context, I show people exactly what it looks like from real life examples of all types of right. companies, all types of sizes. And so that makes uh my book's more of a resource, really, that, you know, that you can open it anywhere and find usable example that's working for somebody. And, and it quite likely could work for you. If it, if it doesn't, then turn the page. You'll find another idea that will that'll help you. Right. So I, I guess my, uh, to get back to your question, my motivation has always been to, to capture those uh, simple truths and, and to get the word out about them. Okay. Okay. I can attest to that, especially the book that we're talking about today, um, Work Made Fun Gets Done. It's like there's three ideas, three actions that somebody's taken somewhere on just about every page and you keep flipping and there's more and more and more. So all all good. All right. Um, Let's let's start at the top on this one. So if our focus is about figuring out how to motivate people, fun is an element of what motivates people. So of the top best places to work, 82% of the people will say it's a fun environment. It's a distinguishing factor. Okay, but what do you mean by fun? Because that can mean very different things to different people. It does indeed. And this is actually one of my biggest surprises in the research of this book um, is that I I had a kind of definition of fun. Fun is when you're laughing. That's it. You know, if you're laughing, you're having fun. And uh, but uh, my wife, for example, when I ask her what what's fun for her, it's like, well, if she's had a good day where she got a lot done and she can feel proud of her effort that day, then that's that's fun to her. I'm going, really? That's <laughs> and what I found is everyone I interviewed for this book, they had a different definition of fun, which <laughs> surprised me, but then delighted me because it it just shows it what a rich palette it is that you can tap into and and uh, we we advocate uh doing that <laughs> to, to ask people what they'd like to do and and to experiment yourself and when you find something that works for you for you then of course you want to keep doing it but if it works for others encourage them to come up with their idea and that and by involving people it makes them uh, a part of it as well and and then um it's hard to get something going in an environment with just one person doing it. There could be like right. a class clown person or something, but, but uh, it's better if you can weigh into what everyone's vision of it is and, and uh, a simple technique of uh, just 
rotating responsibility for the next team building activity or the I, I had a, a, a group where um, we we just would uh, to, to put fun more fun in, in meetings we say well this is this started to me with a joke and who'd like to do next week's you know yeah. and even if you if you weren't good at jokes you had a whole week to practice <laughs> and then if it wasn't that great of a joke we would still laugh and you have a spark and off you go <laughs> so I think it's true for most of human behavior. Variety is the spice of life. And I see way too many teams that do the same kind of activities in each of their meetings, in each of their offsites, in each of their kind of team building events. And it's mixing that up and letting people determine what's fun for them that is going to really kind of give everybody an opportunity here and take the heat off of you as a leader. So you said for you, fun is laughing. For your wife, feeling that you got a lot done and proud of it. For me, it's talking about a new idea. So what are the other prototypical ways you've seen people describe fun? Well, it, it depends on the context, too, because we, we break the book down into things you can do with your own work. So very personal. And then things you can do uh, as part of a team or even more things you can do if you're a leader of the team. And then we, we talk a lot about what the organization can do as well uh, to, to make this more doable uh, to go, go on. And I got to say, one of, we have in the, in the book uh, uh, more than 400 specific examples from real-life companies. And another surprising thing is most of them didn't cost much of any money at all. You know, it's like... <laughs> It's, it's more of a behavioral thing. It's more of an attitude. And it's got to start, you know, in between your own ears of I'm going to have uh, fun with this. And so if you, if you say your own work, for example, and we all have rote and boring and mundane things we have to do as part of our job, the paperwork or cold calling, whatever it might be. And, and so if you make a game out of that. It's just a game of one. You're, you're fooling yourself. Oh, I'm going to set the timer for 20 minutes and see how much I get done. Or if I, if I finish this task before, you know, 11, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a break or I'm going to call a friend I haven't talked to in a long time. Just a, a simple reward. That stuff works. I, yeah. I, had, I had one, one woman tell me uh, that um, she described a, in 2015, Yo-Yo Ma, the famous cellist, he, he did a concert for 8,000 people where he played for three hours from memory. And, and uh, she said, when, when I, I, I hear that music, I feel like God is running through his hands. And, it's, it's so, and so I put that music on when I'm working mm-hmm. and I have the same feeling on the work mm-hmm. I'm doing. And I, I wow, I, I tried it. And she, she was right. It worked for me too. It's like, you feel whatever you're doing has more meaning. If you hear this, this beautiful music from this, this genius musician uh, from uh, doing box concertios, you know, it's, it's, it's just stunning. And so it's okay to try. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You could try what's worked for others and, quite likely it'll work for you or, or I, I know someone that just again it sounds you know petty but uh, she labels her daily to-do list her fun list and just kind of <laughs> gets her in her frame of mind like I, I get to do this uh, I'm, I'm lucky enough they're paying me to get to do something I enjoy and a subtle reminder is uh, helps keep you on track 
Well, for some people, checking off the to-do list is fun. They get a great sense of satisfaction. So I can see why that went on. All right. So if I just repeat what I've heard from you, some people define fun as a joke, as laughter, some fun as getting things done, feeling a sense of pride, some fun as checking off the to-do list, some fun as getting a reward for doing it. Some fun is creating a little bit of competition on how fast can I do this or how fast can we compete to do this. Some fun in listening to music while I'm doing it. So I turn it into a different kind of experience. Those are just a few we've talked about and ideas, talking about ideas. I, I interviewed a, um, an ER doctor in Los Angeles and, and she said, you know, I'm talking about what's fun for you. She goes, well, I, I work hard to live my my life with passion so on a daily basis i i actively think about how can i save people today how and and that makes her job fun so it's it's tying into her purpose in a very conscious way uh so you don't get bogged down by the the petty things in work or the politics or the whatever it might be um the, the you know 15% 15% of the time that employees spend at home is spent complaining about their boss. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we have a choice whether if we personally are going to be positive or negative people and, and for ourselves in our own life. And then for the, the part we have in, in those that we, we touch that we work with or our loved ones. And it's, it's uh, you know, right now it's, more times than not, things are kind of sour in our country and the political divide and on and on. And, and we, we are all affected by that. Or you watch the news and it's always this horrible stuff. And, you know, maybe don't watch the news quite so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, for some technique. people, that's, that's the news. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, I have to ask this question. Do you see generational differences in what people want to do for fun? Yes, there definitely are. And the younger generation, the millennials, which currently make up the largest portion of the workplace, they have uh, more of an appetite and a and a desire to have fun. In fact, someone someone def- defined a millennial to me recently as uh, that that they view work as college plus a paycheck. So they want to have this freedom and autonomy and, and they want it to be fun and they, they, they want to be part of a group and, and do fun things. And, and um, so they, they, yes, they, they have a high, a high expectation for fun. And you, you know, if you can meet them at that early on, you know, even, even, you know, other, you know, at, at Google, the first day of work, people are, are in, in some parts of the country are given a, a Nerf gun Hey, you're going to need this here. We have <laughs> spontaneous Nerf gun fights, and and, and wow, that's <laughs> right. Is it, I guess depending on your take, that's kind of silly. But if you're a young person, well, that's kind of cool. You know? It could be, and that depends upon the young person, I think, because I certainly know some young millennials who are not enthusiastic about Nerf gun. In fact, I know <laughs> one company where. Um, there was a little bit of division between uh, the client services group and the engineering group and needing to collaborate. And so the client services group decided, great, what we're going to do is we're going to get Nerf guns and we're going to play Nerf gun battles around the wall, over the fence with the um, engineering team. 
it was not well received. <laughs> it didn't go so well. The, the, they thought it was a, a dis, they dismissed it and thought just it wasn't part of superficial. the connecting. And, you know, it was kind of like that was our game. At any rate, so I think you do have to think about what is working for the team that I'm with and for the individuals that I'm with. You've got to take their perspective uh, into account to be more on the spot. And this is, this actually, uh, we have. A bunch of examples of that because a lot like I interviewed one CEO he said well we you know we like to do a couple things each year that to bring everyone together and no matter, no matter what we did never never seems to really work that well a lot of people didn't want to do it and so I gave it to another executive to do and same results you know kind of disappointing and and then he got. He said he he uh, asked a millennial, "Would would they take it on?" And yes, they would. And they they were excited, and they used social media tools to 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 pick something, and then the you know calendar what times work best for people. Because uh, often he would he pick the times that work for him, and he wasn't yeah. considering well, someone else has to get a babysitter here or, or whatever it might be, and and uh, they end up. Uh, three ideas and then you know they took a vote on it they end up doing a uh, medieval dinner <laughs> that never done before and everyone loved it all the kids loved it the families loved it everybody so you know maybe stop trying to push on a rope and involve other people that have an other energy for just, it or yeah or at yeah. um the president of belmont college in nashville he told me he told me that he took a year sabbatical to to go back to our initial research that uh to look at visit high performing companies. And he came back and the first thing he said, these, they were all fun places to work. We need to have more fun here. So he, he created a fun committee and took volunteers and you guys brainstorm and prioritize and tell me what you want to do. And you know, if you need some budget, we'll work on that. But off, off they went. And, and uh, you know, it's, it could be that easy to get in the game and get started. I, I was uh, working in Seattle. I, I was talking to 800 people on this I remember the person in the first row, I go, you know, you look familiar. She goes, yeah, I heard you speak just six weeks ago. I had to come tell you what happened. What happened? You know? she, and, and she said, I, I, left, I left your session saying, this is real. I'm, I'm not asking anyone for permission. I'm going to do this. And in my department, she was the department manager. And she did and started getting results. And I go, well, what would you do? She said, well, we created a happiness committee. It had five people on it. They were all anonymous. No one knew who was on the committee, but anyone on the committee could, can say it's time to do something. Morale was dipped or we just finished the project, whatever it is. You know, we're going to do something. Well, I'm saying, well, what types of things do you do? Well, they're downtown Seattle. They had a picnic on the roof or they, they, they uh, bartered meeting space that they had with a company on the next block. That's a limo company that didn't have meeting space. And they gave them limo rides they can use for, for celebrations. And, and you know, off they went. It was creative. And, and uh, she said the department just got a buzz going. The other, other managers would say, what's going on in your area? People are so excited. <laughs> hey, come to the next meeting. We don't have any secrets here. Well, long story short, fast forward 18 months from that conversation I first had with her in that company, a law firm, Perkins Coy, entered the, the 100 best places to work in America, number 23. Okay. I, I would suggest from one person, not the top, but in the middle of the organization saying, this is real okay. <laughs> and, and acting on it. And acting on it. All right. So let me summarize here. We've got fun is real. It's important. 
Yes, millennials are more up for it than those of us perhaps who are a little more jaded. Stop fighting with your millennials and go with it. You don't have to have the the ideas. Variety is the spice of life here. Put a committee on it in some form and mix it up with what people want to do. Okay, so we saw the payoff. We see the payoff in terms of being on the top 100 listed of companies. But what does your research tell us are the other payoffs for making work a little more fun? Well, and a question I get a lot from from people is like, well, I, I know I believe this is true, but how do we get the people upstairs to see it? And, and well, you got to talk their language. And the CEO has a different different set of motivators and a different. Uh, energy different focus and they're looking outside the company and the future of the company and and so they you know and if they're older there is quite likely they say well you know we're paying you to work and have fun on your own time that's what the weekends are for and and so well that's kind of all all merged over the last decade or so so but um i i find that that uh talk talk the ceo's language if if he's you know if if fun is on top is not on top of his agenda then what is if it's saving money or or hiring talent then make the link to that you know if you set up an environment where people want to be it's going to have a huge impact on your retention and right now we have a very a very tight labor market that of of skilled uh, skilled talent uh, to do the jobs that you need. And so holding on to people is not a frivolous thing either. And, and the more people you can hold on, the less you have to try to hire, which is also a hard thing right now. So fun can be part of the, the draw that uh, to give you that edge that, that people are a little bit more excited to be there. And then, you you know, you can walk into, uh, I, I, when I work with companies, it's, it's amazing how much you can, tell about the culture just by walking in the front door and the, you could feel an energy or not. You can hear it in conversations. You could see it on the walls and um, in, in the practices. And, you know, it's not that hard to get in the game and, and it, it doesn't, you know, like, so my definition was having fun, but, you know, I was working with uh, NASA uh, Johnson space centers um, last, last fall or so. And they had, um, and they're ranked by the way, number one best place to work in federal government. Well, that doesn't happen by accident. Of right. 2.8 million people, they're the top place to work. You know? And again, you could feel it in the energy and uh, the conversations and what's on the walls. Uh, but I, I, you know, uh, in noticing what they were doing, and I, I just saw it embedded in their practices, which is kind of one of the definitions of culture. It's what we do around here. And uh, that... I observed a, a manager's meeting and at the end of it, they said, well, as is our custom, we want to go around the group and ask every, every leader here to share one thing they've done to recognize someone in, on their team since we last been together. Let's start with Tom. And they went around the room and you could just feel the pride and the energy of the group rise. But the, then I noticed something else that, that someone said, oh, oh, Jerry, that's a great one. I'm going to try it. And he wrote it down. They've become a self-learning organization to get better at the things that are working for them. So it's like, of course, they're, they're uh, the standard of their own. They're, they're holding their, their own self up to, to, to better, you know, and uh, it's, I just love it when I when I when I can see that and, and pass on those type of techniques to other people that can as easily make them real in their organization. Right, I love that idea because you make this very strongly in the book. 
that sometimes fun is about recognizing for people and finding interesting, unusual ways to recognize people beyond the obvious pay bonus uh, promotion thing. So you had an example in there about um, a manager washing an employee's car, for example, as a bit of recognition, but a whole bunch of goofy things like, not goofy, but simple things, doable things, non-expensive things to do that add recognition. Yeah. And then, and how you do it, how you can actually be part of it. So taking that thing, washing someone's car, well, that's of course silly to begin with, but you can have a, uh, a contest on your, your group goal. And Hey, by the way, whoever makes it first, I'm going to wash their car. And it's not, not a big thing, but it's a, it's a little thing. Then you can start bantering about that. Oh boy, I'm going to have to, <laughs> your car is really getting dirty. It's going to be a lot of work. And, and then, you know, Say that one person wins, you can give them a car wash pass. You can take their car and run it through the the car wash. But what about making an experience of that? About it? Coming to work that day with a bucket and some cutoffs and a hose and, and setting up in front of the front door in the parking lot. And everyone's at the windows looking, what's going on? And Jerry's watching washing Tom's car. Why? He made the goal. <laughs> it's like, and now the buzz is what? what we achieve together and what, you know, and, and so it's fun, but you're drawing attention to productivity and teamwork and, and our, our core values and our success and our profitability. Well, you can pack a lot of punch in a small package by, by working this in. Okay. I, yeah. I can see how that just creates its own generate, you know, own spirit within the team and kind of, okay, what's the next one. I can just see how that would work. And again, it depends upon, where your building is, do people have cars, but find the equivalent of that one. You had another one in, in the book that I loved, which was um, someone trying to get people to send reports in on time. And it was something about a bunny, you know, so you get it to me or the bunny gets it. Can you tell us how that one goes? <laughs> and that, was, that was a, uh, they were, they were frustrated and then they couldn't get hear back from headquarters on on something and so they kind of uh, had a had a stuffed bunny and they said well we're gonna shoot this bunny unless we hear back from you and i'm not even sure if that worked but it kind of eased their frustration <laughs> you know? and um i don't know it, it, it takes some sometimes it takes a little creativity or or just opening the book you know you don't have to reinvent <laughs> the wheel you can you can look at what's worked for someone else and say well that's kind of cool that let's try that one what the heck Okay. In fact, one of the things that and I learned this from managers that they'd say, hey, you know, we take your book and we pass it around our group. We have asked people to initial ideas in the columns that they like. So now you've, you've turned it into a customized handbook for your own employees. And then if you want to surprise somebody, you can go see what they initialed and, and, and uh, make, make sure you're on, on the mark. Now, of course, you can also, you know, ask people. What, what would they like to have happen if our if our team makes this goal? But that's going to be a lot of work, and we want to do something to celebrate. What would you all be interested in? Would it would it be presenting the findings to to the management team? Yeah, we could do that. Would it be having a, a barbecue with with family and friends? Yeah, sure, we could do that too. You know, so that that becomes part of the the banter of talking about it. Uh, another company in Seattle, I worked with Corey Electronics. They, they had their salesperson, they had up against a tough goal. And he goes, if we make this goal, I'll shave my head. You know? <laughs> and then people are joking about, Hey, we're, I just hit, hit, got this client in. I'm, I'm going to be first in line. To, <laughs> and they did a whole thing. And, and uh, sure enough, they, 
they made the goal in front of the whole company. He shaved his head and the top performers got to cut the first locks. It was a whole thing. It was a whole story. <laughs> Everyone loved it. It was fun. You know, <laughs> so humor, humor should be like in that case, yeah. uh, self, uh, uh, it should never be at someone else's expense. That's right. You that's want right. to be safe. And so if you make fun of yourself, that's never good. You know, you could be more human and that's going to attract people to you as well. Okay. I've heard um, someone uh, saying that if we make this goal or we meet this deadline, I'll dye my hair purple. And then, you know, we do it and then have to dye your hair purple. <laughs> Hopefully you can dye it back later, but you got to find the one that you're willing to do and that's going to work for you and that works for the team. And I think the whole yes. point of the book, Bob, is that there's so many range of things to do that from recognition to a little bit of a joke to a little bit of a competition that you can find something that you're willing to participate in. in the book. Yeah. And, and part of the spirit is to, is to try stuff and to experiment and, and not everything's going to work and that's okay. You know, then, then, uh, then learn from that. How could that have been better? Maybe ask the people that, like, uh, you know, I remember working with a company where they had a, this tough goal for a couple months and and the project leader wanted to do something, you know, nice for people. He got him a coffee mug with the team name on it and, and you know, kind of flopped. They go, oh, God, we spent two months and how many weekends making this happen? We got a coffee mug, really? Is that it? And so he, he was... Uh, had enough, enough uh, awareness about it where he, instead of saying, well, you ingrate, it was a nice thing. He, he said, well, what, what, would been, what would you have liked better? What could I have? And turn it into a learning point. And, yeah. And, yeah. and, and maybe in that, in that case, just discussing with the group, what would you like to do to celebrate? Would, would have done I, it? I think if there's one key message out of this conversation for leaders, it's don't just do what you would like to do. Ask your team, ask your organization what they would like. I also think there's a second insight that you just had. You know, when we give people an object like a coffee mug or money or pizza and we spend money on it, there's always the risk that people say, well, you didn't spend much money given how much I really put into this one. But when you turn it into something that's fun, that people enjoy doing, it's the joy that substitutes for the expense so like the fun and the banter of shaving your boss's head or washing a car is not right. money. So nobody's complaining about how much or how little. It's just the experience. Or, or the manager making lunch for the team, you know, and, and that, again, putting a little bit of themselves into the effort and, and having that personal touch. And that, that can go a long, long way. Right. Okay, so the bottom line is it's not all about putting in foosball um, systems, <laughs> foosball games. Yes, or ping pong tables or free cokes in the fridge. That's that, and, and so many you know companies that's become kind of a minimum ante, but that still doesn't get to the energy of the topic. Yeah. And, and so, and you also can you can fool yourself that well, we're spending money on something, so that must be working. It's like well, it's working or it's not. <laughs> start with that question and then how could it work and and don't i i get disappointed so many times when companies like lead with the budget well you know we can't uh, because 
you never had the budget's never going to be large enough to do the the really big party or whatever it is. And and then if if it's just defined by the by the budget size, and then all of a sudden you have people say, well, last year it was a uh, you know sit down, and this year it's a buffet. So you know <laughs> they're being petty. They focus on the, the negative. Right. So right. it's uh, you you keep that from happening if you involve people and and you have the spirit where people aren't caught up just on how much was spent. I think I, I tend to believe that it starts with the behavior. And then if you have some budget you can put towards it then for something, a super celebration, then that's great. But don't, don't just have it be a, a money thing and a, and right, a budget right. thing, because it, in my experience that, that you can get further without doing that. Right. Well, and then it gives people, or is reminding me of someone who was on this podcast a number of years ago and talked about in their team offsites, what they do is plan an event, an activity that no one on the team has ever done before. So cool. no one has an advantage. And what that means is there's this top secrecy and then there's this banter going on all year. Do you remember when we did this and you'd never done it and I'd never done it and we were really loud? I mean, there's the chat about the experience. And the experience. Exactly. And again, very important to uh, maybe everyone, but especially younger people are looking to have uh, experiences over material things is is one of the observations. Uh, But I think that that does make it fun to – you're, you're creating a memory and a time and, and bragging rights that, that other people haven't done this. And that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's good. All right. Perfect time for a break. My guest today is Dr. Bob Nelson. The book that we have been talking about is Work Made Fun Gets Done, Easy Ways to Boost Energy, Morale, and Results. And I can honestly tell you, this is like, turn the page. There's three more ideas and three more and five more. And every you get just lots of doable with minimal budget or zero budget, things that can create energy and momentum in your team. And, and all, the secret- the, all the companies mentioned in the book are indexed. So you can actually follow up and, and ask them. And I, in my experience, people love that. They love sharing what they've done and helping someone else do it as well. Fabulous. Fabulous. So, and the idea here is don't come up with your own ideas. Get a collection of people from your team to decide what would make them happy, give them energy, be fun for them. Let them do it. Let them do the heavy lifting and the planning, not just all coming from you. So when we come back, I want to talk about what you can do as an individual to have more fun in your own life. Let's say your manager is not bought into this idea. How do you have more fun? And I also want to talk about the virtual world and how we add some fun in the virtual world. We'll be right back. If you want more information on the articles, books, coaching, and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're sure to find some helpful links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it and keep it. This is Wanda Wallace, host of Out of the Comfort Zone. Do you find yourself in a role where your team knows more than you know? Are you struggling to see how you now add value? For years, I've coached leaders who have moved beyond the comfort zone of their expertise and have developed a methodology to help them make the leap and go on to do more. All of those tips are now packed into my new book, You Can't Know It All. 
Visit our website at leadership-forum.com or tune in to Out of the Comfort Zone for more insight. Hi, I'm Wanda Wallace, host of Out of the Comfort Zone. We have some amazing guests with some incredibly good ideas about how to take your leadership to the next level. But I find people are looking for more practical ways of implementing those ideas. So we've created an individual subscription service specifically to focus on how to apply. You'll find more about that at www.outofthecomfortzone.com. We have two additional subscription services, one for the social group that want to exchange ideas and perspectives with a group and talk about career advancement. And we have a master's level for people who want to take a deeper dive, all on outofthecomfortzone.com. We hope you'll join us. If you want more information on the articles, books, coaching, and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadership-forum.com. You're sure to find some helpful links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, helping organizations get it and keep it. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadership-forum.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. Welcome back to the show. With me today is Dr. Bob Nelson. The book that we're talking about is Work Made Fun Gets Done, Easy Ways to Boost Energy, Morale, and Results. We've already said a couple times, there are just hundreds and hundreds of examples of things to do. And these are not things that Bob sat down and thought about. These are things that real companies, real leaders, real individuals in the world have done and have worked for them. So highly recommended. And you can learn more about Bob's work at drbobnelson.com. Um, as I, a couple things that just I didn't say, and I wanted to say at this point, there were several very interesting ideas that grabbed my attention in the book. And one, we talked about washing the employee's car But I love this idea that you add a venting session at the beginning of your team meeting. And I don't mean we're going to spend 45 minutes. I mean, you give people 10 minutes to vent whatever is on their mind, and nobody takes any action on any of that. This is not meant to be a tag, it's your problem. This is just, I'm frustrated with blah, 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 blah. Uh I just think what is there, why not get it out on the table? I love that idea. Well, just listening to people is a powerful motivator. And have you ever had a friend talk to you about a problem they had and all you, all you did was listen and they go, well, thank you for your, thank you for all your help. And all you did was, sounds like you had it figured out already. You just wanted validation. Yeah. So it, it, it is, it is important. I, there's another company that um, I know where they, <laughs> along the same lines, uh, they they give the employees a chance to fire a customer, one customer a year. And so it gives them something to talk about. I'm nominating this. This guy's a jerk. And and then they actually bring the customer in and they tell them we're terminating your account at the end of the year. And well, you, well, well, I pay my bills on time. Yes, but we, it's not worth us dealing with you anymore. So, you know, youch. So, but the, that goes a long way for their employees. Right. Uh, they, at, wow. uh, 
Wow. Triple, triple A. Sometimes, you know, you got to be careful with the negative stuff, of course. And yes. um, uh, at Triple uh, A of Southern California, they do kind of a, a fun thing along the same lines that when someone finishes a project, they, they're they allowed to pick anything else on their to-do list to give to their boss to do for them. Oh. It's, it's very popular. <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> I've been saving that for three months to give that to my boss. All right. I think it's so easy. You try this one. <laughs> you yeah. try that one, right. Um, that can have some implications. Uh, you said that at Fast Company, the meeting rooms are named with Monopoly themes, so the Monopoly board game which uh, Boardwalk Place or Park Place, I guess it's called, those kind of names. So that gets rid of any gendered implications or any national ethnicity implications. It has a few others, but not so bad. So I thought that was fun. And you also talked about this company that has a paper airplane contest. Tell me how that one goes. Well, something like that, it could just be, you know, you try it once and depending on the type of employees, like engineers really get into that, which is kind of interesting because a lot of times I I see that, um, you know, technical people, uh, they actually like kind of sophomoric type humorous stuff. So just having a a game and and you try it again, you try it once and then if it's, if it went over big, then we're going to do an annual, an annual airplane uh, for example, like uh, Baxter Healthcare in Chicago, they they did one year, you know, just for uh, something uh, fun and different. They had they play they had uh, miniature golf in the office, and they had each department was in charge of a different hole, <laughs> and they got really creative and and they you know you had to spend some time planning it as as a team. So there's a little time investment, but it was it, it was such a huge hit that people loved it. It became an annual thing. And so it's, okay. it's a try it, try it. Not only might you like it, but it might really work out well. Right. And in that case, take the edge off. Right. Anytime you could take the edge off, this is an anecdote to stress yeah. and to burnout. Yeah. Yeah. And, and right now, 85% of employees feel overworked and underappreciated. So, you know, lightening up is, is a, a a business strategy to allow people to to be who they are and that includes their frustrations as as well as their successes right. but right. Uh, so many companies don't don't do either they just focus on so many employees tell me the only time they hear from their boss is when they made a mistake mm-hmm. and and uh you know if they had a project and maybe you know we're, we're going to celebrate when we finish this project and and then you, you you finish it and there's no celebration, but instead you're given two projects to work on. It's like, what? That's right. <laughs> well, we, we tend to be doing the exact opposite of what. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you can't be I too busy that. to celebrate, to thank, to acknowledge. I see that every day in every client I work with that 85%, I'm surprised it's not 99% feeling overworked and <laughs> underappreciated. And you did something, you did a great job. There's no thank you. There's no acknowledgement. There's no nothing except here's five more of those. And yeah, you and, said and earlier, the, it's an environment where people want to be. Yeah. And if if you've got kind of old line thinking, of like, well, we pay you good. And, you know, you've got job security. And it's like, well, that's, you know, that's work. from the 1940s. You know, it's like security. We all want security. But we want so much more now as the line between work and play has evaporated and i don't know anyone that doesn't do you know some work emails at night or on the right. weekend or even on vacation we gotta 
put back where we're taking it from and, right. and, and do enough. some fun things during the, the working hours. <laughs> and then coming off the pandemic, you know, we're seeing it in, in companies, like a lot of New York banking companies, they announced people will be back in the office. In fact, the CEO of Morgan Stanley went so far as to say, if you can go to have to dinner in New York city, you can come to the office in New York city. Well, it's like, Good luck with that. I guess if you're paying people enough, you can ask them to do anything. But for a lot of people, it's like they're not in a hurry to have a, an hour commute right. <laughs> or to, right. you know, just the time besides the time waste. It's overwhelming evidence that people are more productive if they've got flexibility and freedom to work at home. Um, okay. And, and well, that's a perfect segue. So let's talk about this virtual world. And how do, when people are in each in their own homes with everybody having their own constraints, if you're in a big city, you've got a limited space. If you've got kids at home, you're struggling with all the demands that that's going on there. If you've got a partner at home with you, then we're trying to compete with bandwidth and space and who's got in what room and who can go to the refrigerator while you're on a conference call or whatever those issues are. So as a manager with a virtual team, what are you seeing as good ways of having fun? Well, one of my favorite is a very simple technique. It's called a praise barrage, a praise barrage. And that's, you could do it on a Zoom call. You could do it in person as well, but you can, next Zoom call, you can say, hey, before we get started, I, I want to just do a little activity, go around our group. And as I call someone's name, I like everyone else to say things that they most value about working with that person 100 percent positive let's start with with tony okay now mary and here you take five or ten minutes and now what have you done you've given everyone positive feedback from those that they work with about things that they're good at and i guarantee you they will notice that they will feel it and they will do even more of those things because what gets recognized gets repeated and so that's a that's a, and then maybe next time next time you do it are you together in person you you do it with index cards and people writing the thank you note to other other people on the team they, they owe again you, you get you get four or five thank you notes from people you work with on a daily basis you can't help but feel good about yourself and and uh, it becomes more of a joy to work with those people and the, and the team becomes tighter together. Yeah. We used to do exercises like that. I remember um, working with a client <laughs> and advocating that they do a Friday five minute sort of thing where everybody in the team goes around and says, what do they appreciate about something somebody did that week? Kind of just nice. go out. I mean, it's a small team. It was five people, but so it's not hard, and it took the pressure off the leader thinking of everything everybody did, sure. and it brought the team stronger together. It's a great idea. Um, any other great ideas for reverse? So you did the parade barrage. Anything else well, you got? When I worked on? with uh, ESPN, they they had a I thought a pretty cool technique. They started again. They started meetings naming five things that are going well. And they said, usually that was pretty easy to do, but sometimes it wasn't. Things weren't going well, but they never skipped that step. They, they named five things that are going well. And, and they, they said that's, that became their touchstone, their, their home room, if you will, that allows them to take on the next obstacle or the next challenge on the agenda. So, again, it, it'd be easy to say, well, that's a waste of time. We got to get right to the problem. But, wow, if we can hit the problem feeling good about ourselves and our team, then we're going to overcome that problem a little easier. So, again, uh, a simple technique. Um, the um, – 
I've, I'm a, a senior fellow for the conference board, and, and we have some, you know, kind of most of the meetings are kind of stuffy, kind of long, and and uh, they they started just recently say, hey, we're gonna do something new, and we're gonna find learn something about each other each time we start a meeting, and so. This time, everyone named their favorite movie and why. And it, you know, it took it took under ten minutes, and it was kind of interesting. And you, then you get links that oh, someone else that you know likes sci-fi. So now we got something we could talk about. You know, so it it, it builds the fabric of the group and and takes uh, the lighter tone, kind of makes a, carries over into the meeting. I like um, two connections in that one. One, I often with a group, when I'm just starting with a group, will use a question like the movie question. But my favorite go-to one is, what's the one skill you would acquire if you had an instantaneous magic wand and why? Nice. So it's, you know, both professional and personal. Um, And And then then what'd be cool about that is then saying, well, what can we, what's or steps that we could take together to help you get that skill? Wow. (laughs) And then maybe, hey, what if you had a skip level meeting with where you met with my boss to talk about your career and things that he felt you needed to line up to be in line for that job, next job you want. (sighs) That's, that's that's gonna make the employee feel like a million bucks and give them broader visibility and plant the seed of of advancing that person. And you got a lot going on there with just a little, a little bit of time, a little bit of thought. Yeah. Well, the other favorite technique I have is um, it's Mitch Ditkoff's. I have to give him full credit for it because he's the one who taught me to it. He calls it LDS, likes, dislikes, suggestions. And here's the notion. We're going to critique an idea or critique a project or whatever. First requirement is we go around and say what we all like about the idea. Same idea, five things that are going well. What do we all like? Okay, now whoever's proposed the idea can calm down, feel pretty good. They're not hit with negative instantaneously. Now we go around and say, what do you dislike? And what's your suggestion? Very good. So it's it's just a, and I have done this with groups, and honestly, it's a powerful way of getting a group to say what's on their mind without everybody getting defensive. Yeah, okay. objectively, because they've, they've had, we've heard what we like first. And so that's kind of grounded. We're, we've got some energy going for it. Now we're being realistic. What would we have to overcome to make it a reality? Okay. We've got so much else on our plate right now, or, or you know. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes those suggestions are good, sometimes they're not. All right, let's move this from the team context to the individual context. You gave away a couple of these at the very beginning. But let's say I'm just a person. My boss is not bought in to the idea of having a whole lot of fun. The culture around me is not necessarily a lot of fun. What can I do as an individual? What are your best examples that you've seen people do? Well, you can, if you're part of any group, you can bring this to the group and you can, right. you can do something fun and have a suggestion. You can, um, we, we uh, I, I mentioned in part of the team having an idea of what, like I, I was part of a team and we were all pretty excited. We, we always would talk on top of each other and stuff. And so that impeded our, our progress and our productivity. And so I brought in a coconut. I say, hey, from now on, uh, you can only talk if you're holding the cold, the coconut, kind of like a walking stick, you know? And, yeah. and uh, that was, that was kind of fun. <laughs> Actually, hey, give me my turn. Okay. You know, and so uh, throwing the coconut around or 
or uh, if you, you know, you mentioned variety as being important. If you do the same thing over and over, I don't care what it is, we have a technical term for that. We call it boring. So <laughs> you, you have to shake things up. And so I've done an experiment with having a, a stand-up meeting where actually people are literally standing up. You want to have a short meeting, have, have people stand, stand up, up for it. And all of a sudden that, that hour, hour and a half meeting becomes 30 minutes, you know? And that's, that becomes a good norm. So um, you got to try different things. And again, as you indicated, it doesn't have to all be on you. You can, you can, and you should tap into the ideas of other people and, and who'd like to take that on. And if someone has a suggestion, I worked with a company in, in Norwich, uh, Connecticut, the boardroom Inc. They, they do newsletters and uh, they, they have uh, uh, very successful and they started a thing. They called it iPower where they asked every employee to turn in two ideas every week. Wow, well, that sounds pretty simple. And then, and then uh, and they put boxes around the office, you put those in. And then instead of having a committee that reviews those ideas, you know, in most corporate America, <laughs> suggestions is a suggestion same. box in the lunchroom, you know, that, with a lock on it, no one ever opens, you know. <laughs> and instead of having, having a, uh, a formal committee review and turn those down and say, what, no, what gives you the right to tell us what to do? You know, they just have another employee review them and say, that's a great idea. You should really do that. And gave it back to the person. Let us know if we can help you with your idea. As a result, thousands and thousands of ideas that get a year, they didn't implement all of them, but they implement a lot of them. It led to a five-fold increase in their revenues in a three-year oh. period. Just by tapping into the well of ideas people have for saving money or delighting a customer, streamlining the process, that type of thing. Now, one of my favorite CEOs says, you know, if you don't know what needs to be doing, done, ask employees. They have an uncanny ability to tell you what needs to get fixed around And they're, they're closer to the action, really. Yeah. Even if you used to do that job yourself, well, that was five years ago. It's all changed now. <laughs> Expectations, it's all changed. And so, uh, ask. in fact, at the same company, they had they had a uh, one of the weeks, one of the persons in shipping here, a minimum wage person turned in this idea. I said, next time we, they, they sold these hardcover books. Next time we order, get this book ordered, if we get the paper size trimmed a 16th of an inch, he concluded, we'd save some money on postage. And they go, wow, is he right? They cut up a book and wow, he's right. They made that one change from, from a, and in the first year they saved a half million dollars. The CEO of the company, Marty Edelson, he said, I've worked in direct mail for 27 years. I didn't even know there was a fourth class postal rate. But to the kid that's staring at the chart day in and day out, he knew there was. If we can tap into what he sees, we can all benefit from it. And, uh, you know, simple stuff, but uh, powerful. Pretty powerful. All right. We've got literally one minute and I have one last idea, which you <coughs> mentioned at the beginning. And this is the notion of doing those boring tasks that we don't like to do as individuals. And you had some fun ideas like setting a timer and seeing how many of them you can get through in 20 minutes or giving yourself a reward at the end of 10, 15 minutes of doing some boring activity Just little things to get you through the mundane things we all have to do. And maybe to overcome that procrastination that we're we're ought to do, you know, that to to make it uh, play a game with yourself. Or or sometimes when I'm stuck on something, I'll work on the the second most important thing and and get get some, you know, progress going and then hop back to the main thing. Exactly. 
Okay, fabulous. Well, our guest today is Dr. Bob Nelson. The book we've been talking about is Work Made Fun Gets Done. So easy ways to boost energy, morale, and results. We should have put in there easy ways to engage and get your team motivated. I should also add to it. You can learn more about Bob at drbobnelson.com. And if you like what we've talked about today, check out our new subscription service at outofthecomfortzone.com. Otherwise, join us next week for more wisdom in advancing your career and getting out of the comfort zone. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in for another edition next week with Dr. Wanda Wallace on the Voice America Business Channel. Reach outside your comfort zone this week.